Whiteboards Are, a podcast by educators about all things education. So we have a guest with us today. Dina is a former colleague of all of us that we've taught with and laughed with and probably cried with many, many a times. She's amazing in so many different ways. And we were happy that she gets to be our first guest. So excited. My name is Dina. Um, yes, these wonderful people. I miss them every day um, as, as being my colleagues, but I'm glad that they're still in my life outside of that because they are my sanity. Um, I am in my 22nd year of teaching. Most of that, except for the last two years, was in the classroom. And now I am a librarian with a master's degree in library science. Um, and I still get to go into the classroom quite a bit now because of lots of factors. Um, and I enjoy it, but it is a whole different ballgame. And I am thrilled to be able to join you guys. Give my opinions. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're happy to have you. So as a teacher, you're definitely part of a community within your building, and then you're part of the larger community within the district and the, the community that you are providing education in. And everybody has different ideas about what teachers need to succeed in their jobs. But I think it's worth exploring what we all think that we need to be successful as a teacher. Anybody have any ideas? Well, I would like to just point out. Sure. Everybody teaches so differently. Right. right. Um, and to me, the concept of a curriculum that you will go in and you will only teach from that curriculum and everybody will teach it the same is hysterical. Yeah. You know, <laughs> um, because you, you don't. What, how you present materials and how you assess and, and, and the way that you build relationships or don't build relationships with your students in order to be successful as a teacher mandates what you need. So one teacher might need this and another teacher might need the other end of the spectrum and still be in the same subject matter, grade level, all of that. So I, I think it's, they want us to be pigeonholed into one kind of thing that they think we need. And then they provide those things, whether we want them or not. And there's no aut autonomy, mm -hmm. you know, to, to make your personal space and, and make your personal teaching style effective without taking it out of your own pocket a lot of the time. I mean, to a degree, I think that it is important to have like a, a common goal. Like you need to make sure that you talk about who won the Civil War. Absolutely. Whoa. You know, I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't mean to get all CRT on you there. Um, but but uh, I, I think it's important to like uh, whenever teachers are doing like those curricular development like. Wait, can I also talk? Can, oh. can we all talk about how Nazis are bad? No. No, no. no. We can't. Ooh, I'm sorry. Slow down. That's, I'm sorry, that's too controversial. You but cannot. it just burns in my soul. It's anyway. Oh, but can you also talk about how um, prevalent the Confederate flag oh. where is in this part of our world? I'd rather not. You should know. <laughs> um, Amanda and I are there, right? It gets worse the more south you go. We're not 30 minutes more south. Mm. Anyway, it's fine. Yes, sorry. What, what do you need? Oh, what do you so, mean? Uh, well, oh, no, I, I was just talking about like, so I agree that like, no, nobody should be taught how to teach the material. Mm -hmm. But I think it is important to have like, make sure you cover this baseline information. Mm -hmm. Like, can you go deeper? Sure. Can you go broader? Sure. Absolutely. Do you want to teach it uh, through video studies? Do you want to teach it through primary source documents? Like that mm -hmm. is what makes like a good teacher a good teacher is being mm -hmm. able to make informed decisions in that regard. Mm -hmm. But I don't like, you know, there's a lot of talk about like, oh, core standards and core curriculum is killing education. And it's like, 
Not really. Like it's just trying to make sure that we teach the, the, what is important to know or what's been determined to be important for people to know, like in a well-rounded education and the approach to how that's taught is on the teacher. Um, sometimes I think that those curricular standards are presented in a way um, that tries to compensate for really bad teachers who don't know how to teach or make those adaptations or like make it their own in the classroom. And then that's where we end up in this like, no, throw it out. And it's like, well, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. You know, like there, there has to be some sort of guiding light. Otherwise, you go to Texas and you learn that the South should have won the Civil War. <laughs> or, Even though it was you know, economically an impossibility. Impossible. And geographically an impossibility. Uh, agreed. Well, agreed. Oh, oh wait, but I didn't right say now. that. But, I, the curriculum hasn't changed, though. It's just the format that they want you to present it so it looks like you did something totally new. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is my 22nd year of teaching, and I have written curriculum every blessed year of my life. Mm -hmm. And it, it's really just, oh, well, I already did this. But now you want me to put it in this form. Copy and paste. Part of that Copy is, and paste. You know, the the Desi or like whatever, you know, whatever elementary or not uh whatever whatever education elementary and secondary education. Right. I'm I, but like <laughs> it might be called something else in other states. Mm -hmm. Like whatever whatever educational, educational department. Educational overload. <laughs> in, in North Dakota, it's the ESPB. Oh right. See. So you're so yes. in secondary <clears throat> something board. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I just have a license from there. How will I know if I'm right? <laughs> you want me to Google it quick? Let me Google it for you. But like the, so your, your educational overlords at like the state level or whatever <laughs> need to show that they have done something for education. And so they are always coming out with these like, well, let's talk about the curriculum in this way. And it's like, well, you have, all you've done is reinvented the wheel. Like, absolutely. But then like, why, why do we have that there if they can't demonstrate that they have uh, improved, quote unquote, improved ed education in some way? And that's the way that they have found is to like just reshape what already exists. You know? It is Educational Standards and Practices Board. Oh, oh. Dang it. I was so wrong. I only got bored, right? It's a 25%. No, you had edu oh, no, you said elementary. I said no, I'm sorry. I was trying to make it fit. I was trying to help you out. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. So I guess what you're trying to say is that we need to have the same vehicle but we need to have our own drivers. Uh, same destination. Same destination. Uh, different uh, vehicle. Different you can vehicle. take the scenic route or you can take the expressway. Those are, your you know, right. like your Google map option one, option two, option three. <laughs> I, I think that's self-driven as your, as your teacher personality and your, and the way you do things. Well, and then I think <clears throat> to that same effect, we're still saying, using the vehicle analogy, I don't know why, but you're saying that we already know these things. We already have the wheel, but now we need to package it in the Tesla. Even no. though we haven't guaranteed that the Tesla is any better than anti-Tesla, the, you know, it, than the Chevy that I drove here, whatever it is. Right. I'm kind of right. lost in this metaphor. I have to be honest. <laughs> can you take it out of metaphorical? Sure. <laughs> I guess what I'm saying is, this is my English. Not are we, are we repackaging so much? that we have lost what it is that we were actually going ah, for in the okay, first place. Okay, thank you. Oh, yeah. Because we have continually sat and said, oh, well, we can do it better. We can do it digitally. We can do it in an interactive video. We can do PBLs until we're blue in the face, whatever it is. Right? I think that is all 
this idea that like the 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 goal is repackaged and repurposed, I think is all wheel spinning, right? Like everything that would make education better is going to take time. It's going to take resources. It's going to take like some uncomfortable chats. It's going to take large scale restructuring. But if we just pretend like, oh, we're really working on new standards, better standards, we have the illusion of progress. Our government can give us the illusion of progress, but we don't actually have to do much. But you also don't get the opportunity to prove that it did or did not work because there's True. always something new. It's, yep. and, it's, and a lot of it is recycled pedagogy, yeah. if you will. Mm-hmm. And so you're like, huh, well, remember back in the 50s when we did this? Let's throw that back at them. Mm-hmm. And I think if you're in the business long enough, you see it over and over. And at, at my point, of my career, I am so close to retirement. (laughs) And I'm like, oh my God, can I do one more cycle of whatever nonsense? And I I find myself, hopefully I won't get fired for this, to admitting this, but I think as a teacher, I found ways to not do it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, no, I'm not gonna, because I've already done it and I don't want to do it again just to suit whoever's in charge and whatever doctorate degree they're trying to get and they need the data right. for it. Right. Um, I'm, I'm not your surf. Right. Another, you know, historical term that many do not know because they have no idea. But mm-hmm. I think the fine art, like I want to touch on the fine arts thing yeah. that you mentioned because, and the back to the vehicle. Oh no. We have to provide for so many different students. Uh-huh. Right. And to me, I grew up with a fine arts degree. It was very important. You needed a you needed a foreign language. You needed history. You needed literature. You you had music, and and all of those things were incorporated into your into your learning. And you had the opportunities. At the end of the day, if the state's going to require like these specific core topics mm-hmm. to be learned in whatever area, and if we have to assess for them, teachers and districts need that data back. Yeah. And if yes. we, if teachers don't get that data, it, it's all for naught. Like it, what a waste of time. Like if you're going to require us to teach those specific skills, we have to have the results of that assessment back. And Arguably. you have to test everything. Yeah. yeah. I taught social studies for, I never had a, yeah. I never had a social studies map test. I had right. no idea. And yet I was expected to disaggregate math scores and reading scores with the rest of my group. Cause mm-hmm. that's what we tested. Right. That's a good point. It's, impossible. I also think if the state wants to do some sort of illusion of like data-based education, then honestly, this would be maybe controversial because I know teachers don't love state testing time, but you should probably take a pre-test and a post-test and you should Mm -hmm. give me the data back for both of it. So like you should test my kids in August and you should test my kids in May. And then you give me that stuff back, like in a timely fashion to where I can actually make decisions about it. The fact that it's all online right now, why isn't it? automatic it should be automatically available when i gave a test on google classroom they knew their assessment score with minus the essay questions the moment they submitted it graded it right there for you so they knew oh my gosh i hope i did really well on that essay because i'm gonna need it or not worried here we go i think some of that comes down to the publisher unfortunately Mm -hmm. well they have to like wait the the First, they have to get all the tests back from the rest of the state, and then they have to weight it to actually see, like, oh, what do what does the average seventh grader know about whatever subject, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think there's just a an exorbitant amount of behind the scenes uh, statistical math 
that goes into. I just think if the ACT can do it and the PSAT can do it on a nationwide scale, <laughs> DESE could do it. Good point. Like, yeah. good point. And you can always do things like you can hire teachers to be short answer scorers, like give them their rubric or their parameters or whatever. Teachers are always willing to do an extra job for some dollars um, <laughs> and hire a team and like actually get it done. But the, I received this six months after we took the test for what? Absolutely yeah, not. It's like I already moved into like three other units at that point. A couple of years ago, we didn't get scores back till December. Right. At that point, you're like, my teachers already went on break. They could have had that two weeks to maybe look at it on their own and and guide their learning through the next three months before you test them again for the map. But it was an impossibility. And all relevant data about feedback says that the sooner you get the feedback, the more valuable it is and the longer that it takes, the least let like the less helpful it becomes. So it makes no sense that on a large scale, we wouldn't support that. In Cause we couldn't, I mean, if, if you're getting results back, you know, from an assessment that was taken in April or May, you're not getting those back until December. You can't change anything. You can't change the way you teach things or go deep, you know, all those things. You don't have anything to guide. You're just going off your best guess. And there's no accountability. Like I, I'm always jealous of EOCs because you get those back mm -hmm. and that is a grade for that child. Like they had to do their best at, and I have taught at the middle school level forever. And they, I have kids click, 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 done. Right. No, I did not read one question. I did not even try. I do not care. I just want out of here. And so that causes management problems in, in the classroom. And, you know, if you're that person that can motivate those kids to do that, to do as better or they could retake it because they just clicked. That's fine, but there's not a score. And, and we do that with our reading testing that we do right now too. I said, we're paying money for this program and it's not even a test score or even a homework score. So they register at the first grade level because they didn't read any of the questions. They didn't even try. So the data is, is incorrect because you don't have that motivation to actually do your level best because there's no accountability on, on a grade level or, or a score level or whatever. Well, and the kids don't see it as relevant yeah. to what they are doing in their lives and mm -hmm. the, the world that we have given them to grow up in. How is any of that actually relevant? And you will know? you be taking tests daily that no, in, right. in your job? The only time I fill no. out a worksheet is when I do my taxes. <laughs> you know? well, and, I pay someone to do that. <laughs> Eric, I, I think that the easy response to your statement is like, well, as a teacher, you need to motivate and inspire those students to understand that this is important. We, everybody here is a motivator and somebody who inspired their students without a doubt, without a doubt. I agree. Thank you. <laughs> you can pay me later. <laughs> that is an ultimate task that you cannot succeed at it. You know what I mean? Especially like, like the students, cause I've, I've said that, like I've yeah. tried to like be just upfront with them. Like guys, this is important. They're like, but why is it important? And I tell them, well, a uh, specific conversation about their attendance. I was right. like, you gotta be at school because that affects our ADA, our average daily attendance. And they're like, well, why does that matter? I was like, well, because that affects the funding of the school. And they're like, oh, so it's just about the money for the school. And I'm like, what do you think that money is used for? Like, do you think that like, you know, our principal just like walks home with that money once it comes in. <laughs> no, it's like it literally. Gun he shivvies it out yeah. on a Friday to his staff. Right. Right. He I wish. It's literally to provide money for the programs you participate in. 
like you being here determines what kind of funding and like our ADA, honestly, I don't think is great. Like the administration doesn't talk about it. So I get the impression that it's not great. You know, <laughs> it's great. They'd be like, <laughs> it's really great. Yeah. 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 Doesn't that come back to like you. transparency in, in a lot of ways, like oh, with I our definitely students? definitely want transparency. Like, oh, yeah. transparency, just, like yeah, but like, everywhere. okay, we're okay. Yeah. You get an ADA money, but we'll, what are you spending it on? Where are those, where are those funds going? Like, I think kids should know and it be very transparent, you know, we're and have a say and have a say in what they think is valuable in their school. And it is public information. Like it is technically there. But how to access it? Like, uh, have you been to Desi's yes. website? Oh, yeah. Uh, have you clicked anything on <laughs> Desi's website? Oh, yeah. it's <laughs> Those board I meetings like, prepared for. Oh, I'm like, yeah. I need a degree just in this <laughs> website. <laughs> it's like trying to find Easter eggs in a video game. Like seriously. Oh, yeah. I, I, oh yeah. if you click here, <laughs> evaluation. As yeah. a teacher, like even even as a pre-service teacher, like I need. I wanted that evaluation. I wanted to know. What can I do to get better? Please. Oh my like, God, please. It can, and I, yes, it's nerve wracking. Yeah. Without a doubt. But like the benefit of like, hey, what if, what if you just did this differently? And I know Sam and I tried to provide that for a peer <laughs> once and that was, a, that was a terrible experience. Oh no. Man, I, I got to say, one of my favorite jobs like growing up was being a... Uh, being a canoe flipper at a canoe rental for two summers because it, there was such a clear delineation of like, Eric, go do this. And I'm like, well, okay. And I put my head down and I go throw a bunch of boats on the river. Right. And then it's like, Eric, go do this. And I'm like, Oh, okay. And then I get into education, like this thing that I was like really stoked to do. And I get into the classroom and everyone's like, you're doing great. And I'm like, but what, but what should I be, what, yeah. but what am I doing great? What should I be doing? And they're like, thumbs up. And I'm like, uh, but what should I be doing? Like, I cannot, yeah. it's day one guys. Like the, I'm not doing the best that I can. And nobody's telling me, nobody's <laughs> like, not that I need to be told what to teach and how to teach on a daily basis, but like some actual like, Hey, Schrantz. Well, do this. And what I don't want, I think you're the one who told me this. Did you not say that your previous principal sort of intentionally scored people low at the start of the semester. Oh yeah. Or oh, start of the year. Absolutely. So that inevitably it, it showed, showed growth and progress because uh, at the end you would get your high number one. Uh-huh. Yeah. That and was like on I, purpose. I don't want but I don't want to play a game with my effectiveness in my career that I've chosen. No. And that's just like a numbers game that I, it's completely arbitrary and useless. Or it's being used as a firing tool and it's mm-hmm. used in its, you know, yeah. the most evil way, right? Yeah. Like, I don't want that either. Yeah, I don't want it to be held over my head. I don't want any of that. Like, I want genuine feedback. Like, yeah. am I doing this thing good? You know, is my classroom management right? Do I need other interventions in my room, whatever it is? And I don't know if I, I don't know what the solution is other than to have somebody who's literally like a curriculum coach or somebody that comes in and can be that That's stepping stone, like for staff. Support, support staff. staff. Yeah. To be successful. I need support. The amount of time that those decisions are being made, how long your observation was mm-hmm. is astounding, you know, cause I have had years where as a tenured teacher, nobody ever came to my room, right. but yet yeah. you still filled out my evaluation form. And it, those conversations were, well, I'm not going to give you a perfect score because you know, you're not perfect. What? Well, but I might be in some things truly, seriously, let's think about that. 
I know I have growth to do in other areas, right. <clears throat> but it wasn't an, an, a, a real assessment. It was just a hoop to check and, yeah. and make it through and just check the boxes. We're done. You know, and it's not. <clears throat> I mean, being a, I'm not, I've never been a principal. I've never had to do an evaluation like that on a teacher. I'm sure it's daunting. I'm sure oh, there's yeah. a lot to take in. There's a lot like, of teachers, but like, and I, I could care less about the score, right? Mm -hmm. right, 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 right. It's about like, hey, Points have, are made you, up. have you have you tried doing this? Like that really concrete feedback. Like, yeah, having a great job thrown at you feels good. But I would really like, hey, maybe try this. You uh -huh. know, like you could really yeah, just some feedback, right? Like, Wouldn't it be nice if they could even identify someone that you could go to that yes. does that well yes. in your district or in your building and be like, hey, you know what? You need to talk to Sam because she does this really mm -hmm. well in her classroom. And I think you could benefit from that. It may or may not work for you, but it's another avenue yeah. for you to explore as a teacher. Yeah. Not just pointing out the problem, but right. suggesting like, a solution. Let's, right. let's figure it out. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and I think part of it's, you know, my new position, like I'm, thinking about ways to connect like private industry and education and still support education. Like what have you brought in like a, a non-biased outside party that came in and looked at some of your teachers and evaluated them and said, Hey, we're, we're not going to score you, but here are some things you might try based off what we saw, which is a very limited window. To me, that would have been helpful, equally intimidating, yeah. right. but also yeah. here are some resources even outside of your district. Also, ideally they would have people who are experienced in education doing those evaluations. Or like, like maybe experienced teachers. in the yeah. content even. Yes. Or, you don't yeah. even have to be a teacher, but like if you're a band person, like somebody oh, yeah. come That's see how my banding is yeah. going. Yeah, because well, I've been in education forever, but me going into your band room would not be helpful. Okay, <laughs> yeah. That's what, yeah. but I think if, <laughs> if you came into like a math classroom, like, you know, you could have some insight into like, you know, maybe your delivery and like your ability to build rapport. Like, I still think there's, you know, definite value there. On the back to the idea of evaluation. Right. So something that I had to do this year that I've never had to do before was as the department head, I sort of took it upon myself to address some issues that we were having where like a specific teacher was not contributing to our collaborative team in the way that we wanted. And was one of our clear intentions in hiring. Like when we were hiring new staff, we had to hire two positions this year. Um, and I was part of the decision. It was, we want a collaborative department. We want to work together. Um, and this person kind of wasn't upholding their end of the bargain. That conversation, because you said like you've never been a principal, that conversation was really uncomfortable. Like it wasn't my favorite way that I've spent the day. But I think since then, has actually spawned some genuine progress. Like I am much more impressed with how that person is conducting themselves as one of our team members. So it is one of those things like effective evaluation can actually see progress and benefits. And you, you mentioned how like there were teachers who you didn't trust when you were writing IEPs and how like it'd be nice if you could trust a professional, but also if you never like if no one actually fosters growth for that professional, there's never, that's never going to happen. You have to be upfront. It's not a fun conversation, but those conversations have to happen. You had the conversation with this teacher, mm -hmm. but you're not an administrator. I'm their department head. So it's so sort of like, is there, is that, does that roll into like their evaluation at all? It could. Okay. So it's, it's kind of up to me to decide like, do I think this has been sufficiently okay. addressed or does it need to go hierarchically okay. up? Well, that's, that's good to know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
So, and right now, since there's progress, not so much. Yeah. Uh, okay. You don't have that in a small school yeah, department yeah, head. Yeah. Yeah. There's right. only one of me. I am bossing right. myself or, around. So you guys said support staff and not Amanda me. and I have an instructional coach and she is everything like oh. incredible. Yeah. Things that I need. Right. I think administrators forget and just anybody who was a classroom teacher and chooses to like go outside to be support staff or whatever. I think they forget the demands of being inside a classroom all day. Um, and so I think sometimes that like very real experience gets lost in the decision-making process because you've been out of the classroom for 15 years as a principal and you even forget what it's like to not be able to go to the bathroom. Like, and, and that's yeah. like a legitimate thing or like, Lord forbid, there was a day this past year that I was like sick in the middle of the school day. Like I showed up fine. All of a sudden I'm sick. And there are 30 sophomores in my room. What like, what am I supposed to do with them? Um, and so I think just having like that perspective is important. If, if there's something that I need, I need somebody to actually empathize with my daily experience and consider it when they're making decisions right. for me. I have never been more than a two minutes walk from my superintendent's door in any building. And I've never had them just like come into my room other than the first day of school. And I even, that was a thing they gave us like a survey this year. And I was like, my students don't know who you are and whoever's reading this, they don't know who you are. Like, I don't know who read it specifically. I don't know if it was my assistant superintendent or the person who does curriculum for the district or, the or even my literal principal, because everybody knows the assistant principal. He does discipline. Right. But I have students who are like, who is that guy? And I'm like, he's the principal. Like he's, he's in charge. Mm -hmm. And like, that's something that I like, I would love that for somebody hmm. who just like actually be part of the community. Don't like sequester yourself off. Yeah. Like education is community. Yeah. Come on in. And mm -hmm. I believe leadership and, and I don't know if you guys have ever, do you know, Simon Sinek? Oh, absolutely. Oh. I've read I mean, stuff, if he yeah. walked in here and asked me to marry him, I would go <laughs> simply because I think he's such an amazing yeah. human being. I, I think that, he has the wealth. South African voice. That's like, oh, it doesn't hurt. <laughs> He's not bad looking. I'm just saying. <laughs> anyway, that has no bearing on this at all. Um, but I, I think you should never ask people to do something right. you yourself are not willing to do. Leaders and I last. have, yeah. I have seen, uh, I will be, <clears throat> I'm almost into the double digits of principles in my tenure of oh, 22 years. Wow. Mm -hmm. I am, mm. I am so close. I hope I don't reach it. Jacob. I have a specific question okay. for you. Um, as somebody who uh, left us, <laughs> is there something that you feel like you needed that could have made a big difference for you? I don't know that there's any one thing. Like I, I definitely have that constant question to myself. And sometimes it's about, you know, what if I go back? And then I beat that down. I was like, do you think about that? <laughs> oh, uh, constantly. Is that a possibility? Constant. Because I I'm mean, that's such I mean, a huge part of my life, right? Mm -hmm. I don't think I'm anywhere close to that point mm -hmm. yet. I, I think some of it comes down to, you know, I, I had some success. I had students that kind of adored what I did and, and built really good relationships with that. And I had colleagues like you all. I mean, Without you all, you know, we, I couldn't have got through. I mean, how many end of the days was it's like, I'm going to your room. <laughs> you know I mean? like, yeah. 
but I think you built each other up too. Like, I mean, when I saw what you did, oh my gosh, I, what can I do? What, what can I do? That's amazing like that. So, I mean, I think you push each other too. And sure. uh, Yeah. You were amazing. I mean, I I think at the end of the day, it was kind of school board community was going in a direction that I just, and, and maybe even upper administration. Like I just, I couldn't see myself being a part of that. And I also had the realization, like what I built at Pleasant Hope and the opportunities I was afforded when I don't know where I'll be given that chance again, let alone the amount of time it's going to take to build it. So I just, it felt natural to maybe break away. I think that, and anybody can disagree with me, but I have said this like so many times this year um, when we talk about things because like our district, for example, got a report back that teacher mental health is like at an all time low. And, um, I think the number one thing teachers need is more time. Yeah. Um, and so like if there was, let's say for example, an administrator who's in a position to make this decision, I think especially, um, no shade to anybody else, but like your core teachers or your EOC teachers need a second prep, like actually in their day. Because like Amanda and I, every single Friday, at least, we have an EOC-oriented meeting that we're supposed to go to, and that's a prep a week out of four. Um, We co-teach, so if you have teachers that have co-teachers, they need an extra prep to meet with their co-teacher. Not just like, hey, we'll do that during your regular prep time, because I still have a whole classroom to run on my own, but you need time to collaborate with people, and that has to be like created and and protected. And I know there are some school districts in the area that offer a second prep, or you can have an individual stipend if you don't want one and they'll pay you to like not take the second prep. And I think that's a great idea because it is true that some people in their teaching workday don't need that additional time, like whatever their class demand is or however they structure their class, they don't need it. But like Eric said, I spend, I don't even know how many hours a week grading and like that is all time that I have to make room for. And if somebody made room for it in the school day, that would be really nice. So quick survey, would you guys take the hour or the stipend? I take the hour every time. Hour. I have so many copies to make. (laughs) (laughs) I had taken the stipend. I would, I would. Because I'm there so much. I was there so much. Right. Like Mm -hmm. I literally lived there. I I could have stayed overnight. So. Um. So, yeah, I like finding ways to make time for teachers. I think eventually we'd have to acknowledge we is like on a large scale that there's not like that the staffing demand is too great. Like there's a reason people are pulling out. Right. And so, like, what is anybody going to do to fix it and changing the distribution of work and like how much is on the plate and actually allowing time for those things would be really cool. So let me jump back to your question about like the what one thing so in 2020 when COVID hit like i really tried to keep my leadership class bonded so we were doing stuff through zoom like just kind of fun stuff but also keep conversations going as much as they as we could to keep people connected you know and it had moderate success right and then we come back and i'm sure we all saw it there's just a a sadness a melancholy with uh they're traumatized yeah they're traumatized Um, and that led into last school year, my last school year as a teacher, lots of, lots of conversations with kids about things that 
well, the, well suicide, right? And like depression and, and I, man, those things really clung on. Like that's, that's not something you can just leave. Um, and then to have some of the attempts and some of the successes that um, took place last year, uh, I mean, that, that really, really wore on me. I mean, it's just, it's tough. Um, I don't know. That's, it's still, it's still there. Well, and like for that community, did anybody like do anything for the emotional welfare of the teachers afterward? No. I mean, I, I think there was the option to talk to our building counselor, which I think we all did at, at different times for different things, but it, that person's also spread super thin. And, mm-hmm. and, and it wasn't also, offered to other buildings really right. either because yeah. I mean, I had one and I, I cried for two days. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, and I didn't even have that kid anymore, Yeah, but you knew that building needed it because that's where that child was and the students and the parents and teachers were, were there were more affected probably than you were, but yeah. But adults have problems. Yeah. I just had a former yeah. classmate commit suicide. Yeah. She's 47 years old and she, COVID damaged her. Like that was, she could not handle it because she was such a social person. Mm-hmm. And then COVID made it where you could not be mm-hmm. without penalty. And, and so she, I mean, that's, adults can't handle it. So, but we expect children to, right. and to do it with laughter and, and honoriness and, you know, still get your work done. It's, it's crazy. It's a, it's such an expectation that's unrealistic. I do think that teachers also suffer from PTSD, like <laughs> genuinely yeah, yeah. from the trauma that has taken place in all of our lives. Um, I think that there needs to be counseling for teachers. That is not the building counselor. That right. is, that is a completely not separate a person, not a colleague, not somebody that can talk to administration. Um, that is, just there for teachers but then to that same effect i need the time to go see that person like and and by time i mean okay on tuesdays and thursdays so and so is covering your fifth hour so that you can go speak with a counselor and you need it paid for and have it paid for and have it yeah 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 well and i think all of us would say that we are empathetic we are empaths and that's why we're in this career is that because we care about people so much and so when you have kids that mm-hmm. tell you about their traumas and you carry that, you, you can't help but carry that. You can't help but go home even during 2020 and wonder about those kids. Yeah. And, and I think that that is part of, you want teacher success? It's, it's got to come from healthy teachers, yeah. mentally and physically healthy teachers. I shouldn't have to hold my urine for eight hours every day. I shouldn't have, you know, like these are yeah, real, real things. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, that I doesn't shouldn't. acknowledge your needs as a no, human. No, it doesn't acknowledge our needs as a human. And then the kids don't see us as human either, especially if we are responding to emails at 10 p.m. at night or whatever mm-hmm. it is. We, we're not. We're cogs in a machine. And I don't know what the solution to that is. I think it is time. I think it is support staff. I think it is Stability. Counseling. I think it's stability. Clarity and transparency. Yeah. Transparency. transparency. Clarity, for sure. I was thinking about that in our last topic because we were talking about some of the burdens that teachers take on by providing a safe space for students and how hard it is because, like, you have to do those things on top of, like, dealing with your own personal issues and struggles. Like, and you're not allowed to really have a bad day and be like, hey, 
sorry, 27, 14 year olds. I need a minute where we're not talking about you. And like, that's, um, it's taxing like to do all of the time. I think if you want to be successful in this job, you need good friends in this job. You Aww. need people in your building that you can so count true. on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That you can vent to, share successes and failures and mm-hmm. all Takes those things. Takes village. Yeah, it's so, so true. So true. While I might not personally need more money, though I would happily take it literally always, <laughs> um, schools do. Schools so, do. like, if we were going to identify something schools need, Ooh. schools need money. Schools need funding. It makes no sense to me, legitimately no sense to me, that we all acknowledge, like, on a societal level, that you have to invest in what you care about to see your return. And if you're going to continue to underfund education and not fund schools and invest in your children, you are not going to see any progress with them, and it is never going to get better. We lost nine teachers last year alone. We cut nine teachers from our district. It's crazy. And, and you didn't it, lose kids. Your it enrollment boggles out. my yeah. mind. But I also think in order to become the school that wants to bring their, people want to bring their kids and live in that district and have that school district, you need to provide more opportunities and different opportunities than, than the people that you are competing against. Well, and like Dina was saying though, your school district is the reality in this, in the state of Missouri. The average school district in the state of Missouri has 500 or less students in it. So like the fact that that is your experience is replicated everywhere and so then so we objectively know that all of these students in the state of missouri are receiving a lower quality education because nobody's willing to pay for it i would just like to say that while this is still very true um i guess this is what i'm thankful that this is the group of people that i'm talking about these topics with because like i said while it is still true not a single one of us brought up the fact that we need better salaries it's almost like the things that we need to be teachers like are are not monetary and so this idea of greedy teachers and their unions on <laughs> if you have any comments questions uh topic suggestions anything like that please feel free to reach out to us we have an email address It is WTWA at 277media.com, where the whiteboards are, WTWA at 277media.com. Hey, thanks again for listening to our podcast. Next time, we will be uh, discussing what surprised you as a teacher. You know, we enter the field with a lot of expectations, and reality is never what you expect. So come along as we uh, discuss those topics. Thanks for listening to Where the Whiteboards Are. The opinions expressed in our podcast are that of the individuals and do not represent the opinions of their employers, school districts, or communities in which they work.